MMA Soccer Radio bounces to a different beat. Marilyn Manson, that is what you're going with today. Yeah, bringing it back a little bit, you know, a little old school Manson. Uh, I haven't heard him in a while. I was thinking of what song I should play, and I was like, I was like, oh, what was that? What were you going? Oh yeah, when I hear that, I think Marilyn Manson. Don't you? Oh yeah, for sure. I think this intro we're playing right now. Yeah, yeah. All right. Not bad. Not bad. I was. I listened to Marilyn Manson when I was younger, but I always felt bad about it because I was a church-going kid. Oh, were you? Yeah, yeah. Really? Like, long time ago. This was in the 90s. D- did you want to get rid of one of your ribs, just like him as well, or what? No, it's, uh, <laughs> but I was. I loved Marilyn Manson. I rocked out to Marilyn Manson, but I was always embarrassed to tell any of my friends because they're all church-going friends, too. <laughs> like, dude, I really liked it. I'm going to go pick up the new Marilyn Manson album. See you at Sunday school. Yeah. <laughs> if there's anybody it's just two extremes eh? exactly yeah, yeah. and you watch south park as well yeah i love south park <laughs> yeah i oh, wasn't your typical church kid no no but you did it yeah nonetheless well, nonetheless just oh, like was, we're doing this up, show i grew up in saskatchewan right the, the bible belt pretty much right wow yeah in canada i would say the prairies yeah pretty much the bible sure. belt yeah so it was it was just a way of life just the thing we did but, well, that um, and Chilliwack, but... Yeah, Chilliwack or Abbotsford, yeah, <laughs> out here. Um, and pretty good show. Uh, Ray Sappho's coming on. Yeah, he's going to chat about World Series of Fighting 3. Goes down June 14th uh, yep. in Las Vegas. Should be pretty good card. Some news coming out today, though, about... Yeah, they signed Nick Newell, um, who was formerly with the XFC lightweight champion. Um, he, he got the belt stripped from him? Yeah, he got it stripped from him because, I guess... Uh, they were saying that the organization was saying that he refused to fight um, this guy named Scott Holtzman, and uh, I guess he he didn't turn it down because he was scared of the guy or anything like that, which people were making it out to be. But uh, he just didn't feel like that fight was right for him at the time. He figured he was a bigger star than Holtzman is, and why put this guy into the light? And so he he was released from the organization, and uh, World Service of Fighting picked him up. <coughs> Probably on to bigger and better things. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. He's a fantastic fighter. Yeah, I mean, good guy. Uh, born with a birth defect. He only yeah. has um, half of one of his arms. Well, it cuts off at his forearm, I guess. And uh, was able to get eight wins by stoppage out of his nine victories. So he's 9-0 and right now. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So uh, I can't even imagine fighting with two arms. So yeah, so we'll talk to Ray. Sef- <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to Ray Sefo about uh, about that signing as well as you know they're on to their third show now and um, you know we'll ask him sort of has he got the kinks out of uh, out of everything and you know how are, you know they got a little bit of momentum I mean they got some some solid guys I mean but it seems like they're developing some talent they're going out there and, and getting some young guys so and. Cool. Yeah, I still I I want to know if he's gonna actually fight for the organization or not. Yeah, because we asked him that before. He said that was the plan that that he might do that, and and it'd be interesting to see Ray back in the cage. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, uh, we'll talk to him. It was all we're, you're looking at me here, but you're texting. Are we trying? We're trying to effort uh, John Pollock for tonight, right? Yeah, he he Law Radio MMA Report on TSN ten fifty. So for the Fight Network, he's a host there. We'd like to have him on. Yeah. Um, we're going to try and, as you said, we're effort efforting. him. Effort him. And uh, effort him. if we don't have efforting. him, then uh, it's we just you and I and Ray. Assuming on a date and, and Ray Seffo. On a date, eh? Jeremy and Trevor and Ray Seffo. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like a little sitcom. Like three guys live in a house. Ray sits in between us. Yeah. <laughs> Ray's always in between us. <laughs> He's our protector. Anyway, wow, that's went off the rails, didn't it? Yes. Um, awesome. Let's get to uh, let's get to talking fights, I guess, eh? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. at you. What do you I'm want like, to do next? What, yeah. What, <laughs> what should we on? do next, Jeremy? Well, um, this past weekend there was a pretty big well, fight card. Yeah, I want to talk UFC 160. Heck for sure. yeah, absolutely. Last weekend, 
Uh, fun card. It was actually uh, quite interesting. Yeah, many people were coming into it. You know, UFC 160 main event, Cain Velasquez, Antonio Silva, big deal, right? Most under under underwhelming main event in, yeah. in like almost UFC history, I'd say. No one was very excited about it. Um, but this card overall set up bigger pictures than most cards the UFC has. We got to find out who the next lightweight contender is. Mm-hmm. We got to find out who's fighting in the heavyweight division for the title next. I mean, mm-hmm. some big things came out of well, it. Donald yeah. Cerrone looked really good. Let's Well, let's start. Where do you want to begin? Uh, any Max Holloway, who was on our show, I want to start with this. I uh, was on our show last week. Yep. Um, you know, and he looked great against Dennis Bermudez. Kind of, I think he ran out of gas, a little bit of gas in the third there, a little bit. Um, he just didn't have a very good third round, but I, I had him winning that As fight. did most of the Twitterverse. Yes. Everyone thought, you know, uh, Max Holloway stole the split decision. Uh, it, yeah. Most people had it a unanimous decision, but they said, you know, with the way judges go these days, it'll probably end up being split. But no one that I saw scoring online had it in favor of Dennis Bermudez. No, not at all. No, I, I definitely had Max Holloway winning the first two rounds. Yeah. For sure. Now, whether he was playing it safe in the third, maybe he maybe he was playing a little bit safe, a little more tentative. But, I mean, give full credit to Dennis Bermudez. Really turned it on in the third round. And, you know, I think at the end of the second round, he had a bit of a, uh, uh, he was, he had, uh, I believe he had um, Grant, or, sorry, Grant. He had uh, Holloway down. He yeah. had a takedown at the end of that second round, which, you know, I think the judges saw that and kind of scored probably that round um, to Bermudez because yeah, of that takedown exactly, at the end. Yeah. And because of the way he dominated in the third round. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's probably there what the judges were seeing for exactly. sure. And you got to remember, we're seeing it, you know, on television, they're seeing it, you know, live. It's, you know, we've got, uh, you know, a lot of different. Well, I guess now the judges there they have they actually get to sit and they see all the different angles, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it's it's tough to be a judge, but uh, anyways, I think they got that one wrong. Anything else in the card? Um. Well, let's drop down a few to oh, okay. the catchweight bout where uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. I I can say it, but I don't want to. Khabib Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov. Yes. Yeah, so he fought Abel Trujillo. Yeah. And that Nurmagomedov. fight was. That fight was awesome. The amount of throws and takedowns and suplexes in that fight, I think, must have been... Yeah. It, it was definitely in the record books. I think he landed something like 21 takedowns. Abel, though, I mean, he held his own in the first round in a bit. I mean, he you know, he didn't look completely overmatched, but then as the fight went on, absolutely. I mean, yeah, he couldn't stop he, a takedown and save his life no. against a Sambo champion. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Um, so, um, yeah, it would be, be interesting to see where what happens with Nurmagomedov. There, wow, you're usually not one that can say names. I, was, I like saying it, it, though, now. Nurmagomedov. <laughs> also on the prelim Nurm. card, Mike Pyle, Rick Story. That decision was uh, it was an iffy one as well, I thought. Yeah, yeah, I definitely... I I had Story winning that fight. What about you? Yeah, I did, too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, thought he, I thought he... But... Not handedly. I saw it could have been a split decision as well, but I thought Story did more in the fight than... But he took that him down said, and did nothing. That's what I was just going to say. I, I wonder if the judges maybe got this one right a little bit because maybe they scored... Um, well, definitely, I would think that they would, but um, scored Mike Pyle's submission attempts from his back. Yeah. Well, because Story, he got the takedown, but like you said, he just laid in the guard. I mean, there was time, I believe it was in the second round, and... Uh, Dan Marigotti was refing, I believe, right? No, Steve no, Mazzagatti. So it was Dav, Steve Mazzagatti was refing. And I remember yelling, like, come on, Mazzagatti, stand him up. Because they were exactly. stalled there for a long period of time. It was like, it was like a minute, minute and, and a half. Like, yeah, it, and you speaking about that, we have a, a column up after fight day on, on the Monday on MMASucker.com called Three Questions. And one of the questions was, when should the referee stand the fighters up? Because, yeah. And I specifically mentioned this fight because at the end of the second round, they sort of just rode it into the bell, and I mean, it was a good minute and a half where he was just sitting in his car, guard doing nothing. So, when does the referee stand a fight up? Yeah, I mean, um, some referees just got a good feel for it. Yeah, they just got a good feel. They can see the stall. Okay, let's get this fight going again because a lot of times that's what happens. Well, we saw it in that fight. You know, story stalled when he, he couldn't do anything, and Mike Powell was doing more on his back. And I think maybe the referees edged it out just based on that which you know isn't a terrible thing as long as the, if that's the way it's going to be which you know in some ways i can understand that logic then it has to be consistent that yeah. has to be consistent across the board then. yeah there has to be a written rule because we don't normally how, see that no exactly that's not a normal thing right, right? 
Um, a lot of judges look at the takedown, they see the guy on top, that's how they score it. You know. Anyway, um, Donald Cerrone, KJ Nunes. Great fight for Cerrone. Mm. Absolutely picked uh, KJ Nunes apart. Yeah, and Nunes just didn't look good no. at all. He, he Donald bounced back. He looked uninterested. Uh, yeah, he did. He yeah. he threw a few punches. He didn't look like he wanted to be in the cage at all. I don't know whether that was, you know, maybe an adrenaline dump or something. Maybe first that's the time, way he always looks, First though. time in the octagon. Usually he, I mean, we saw his fights with Josh Thompson where he likes to take a few punches before he throws them. He, he usually tends to get bloody, so... Donald Cerrone didn't let him get anything, though. Yeah, yeah. So Donald Cerrone picks up the decision in that fight. Uh, interesting now, where you know he they place him uh, in the lightweight division because you know he is coming. Uh, he does have a loss against Nate Diaz. Yeah. And um, and didn't look very good in that fight, but looked against you know looked pretty good against KJ Nunes. But I don't know if that's a good measurement of where Donald Cerrone is right now. No, he's still on still his, needs com a on his comeback trail. Fighter. Oh, for sure. For sure. So it's good to see Cerrone back in the wind column, though. Absolutely. Um, another fight on the card, Gray Maynard, TJ Grant. This is great for Canada because uh, TJ Grant uh, picked up a win in what was a, a dominant performance. Oh, Two yeah. minutes well, and he, seven seconds. Exactly, yeah. He weathered the early storm. Weathered Gray a landed, little bit. Gray landed a few good punches. I mean, you can't say um, that he weathered an early... It was a, literally an early storm because this fight ended early. Yeah. And uh, so TJ took a few shots and then landed a beautiful combo that... That dropped Gray Maynard, followed up with some ground and pound. Yeah. Uh, we had a chance to talk to TJ Grant today on, on Tuesday. And, uh, well, actually, Justin Perot had a chance to chat with him. About yesterday, Benson Henderson said he was surprised that TJ Grant... Obviously, I think you were as well. You chose Gray Maynard in yeah. this fight. Yeah. A lot of people chose Gray in this fight. And, yeah. and Benson Henderson was one of those guys. Actually, mentally in his head, Benson Henderson was preparing for Gray Maynard. Yeah. So when TJ steps in... You know, this guy wants the world to know who he is. Yo, and he did. And kudos to TJ Grant. I wasn't taking my heart was going with TJ Grant. My head was going with Gray Maynard. I like you know a lot of people had TJ like you said as the underdog, and he comes comes in and just shocks everybody. And he's getting his title shot. That UFC is doing it. They're giving him the title shot. And I've heard that there's talk that it could be in August. So uh, we could be doing that in Boston in yeah. August. Well, yeah, he for the sports for the Fox, Fox Sports Sport. One. They're yeah, talking. They're talk official. No, yeah. Dana White's talking that. Also, there's a possibility that, you know, obviously, TJ Grant was asked this question today. We asked him this. And uh, whether he could choose that or maybe UFC 165. Um, 165 in Toronto would be his first uh, choice. Oh, for sure. I think, actually, that, that would be awesome to yeah. have a fight in Canada. Why not have that fight in Canada? I mean, Benson Henderson, um, you know, he's fought in Seattle, and I mean, he's fought in the States, bring him up to Canada. I think that's a good fight, and Canada should, deserves a title fight. I, I know it's Toronto, because the thing is, though, Toronto might not get George St. Pierre. No, exactly, and I think this makes sense, because Benson Henderson's now fought on two straight Fox cards, the regular Fox mm -hmm. cards, and why not put the guy on pay-per-view again? Mm -hmm. If he gets put on another free TV show card, I mean, what's that really do for your self-esteem? <laughs> you know, you know, and... <laughs> um, yeah, and it's and why not? Can't I, I say Toronto because it's a perfect fit. There's talk that George St. Pierre. A lot of people in Toronto are hoping St. Pierre fights there. Who doesn't in Canada yeah, want George St. Pierre? On I their think card? they're talking now. St. Pierre is probably going to fight Johnny Hendricks in Vegas or some other market. I think that would be the best thing. to I do. I think it's time to move him outside of Canada, yeah. man. Absolutely. So hey, we're going to talk more about this card uh, with John Pollock, who's joining us now. And if you don't know who John Pollock is, come on, folks, give your head a shake is the host of Law Live Audio Wrestling Radio, the MMA Report on TSN, and also you can find him on the Fight Network. Welcome back, Mr. John Pollock. John, uh, are you a, a Marilyn Manson fan? Uh, you know, I, I, I think like everyone, I went through a, a, a <laughs> semi-Marilyn Manson phase, like 96, 97, but yeah. never to the point that uh, it was going to influence my clothing, which <laughs> I found a lot of people around me, it, it did, and I just I never understood that phenomenon. <laughs> No kidding, man. No kidding. What do you listen to, by the way? Like, what are you into? You're, um, I'm I'm all over the place. I mean, I I was one of those guys that definitely dug the uh, the kind of mid '90s Euro dance vibe. I, I I've always been a fan of that kind of music as well. I find that uh, that style of music has always kind of been my favorite. And of late, I mean, I find I I don't know if you guys are the same, but I find that I, I drive a whole lot less now. That whenever I listen to my iPod now, it's pretty much all podcasts. Yeah, like, I listen to so little music now that it's like 
podcasts to me have really replaced music. I feel like I, I'm kind of, I think a lot of people my age now, it's kind of like uh, a few steps removed from the music scene. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm the same as you. I like I like listening to just like whether it be podcasts or talk radio, and it's not yeah. even MMA related stuff for me. I, I try to turn my brain off sometimes, and and I'll start listening to politics or you know news. You know, Joe Rogan's podcast is pretty good too. You know, stuff like that. It's kind of whatever you're in the mood for. Like I'll yeah. find like late at night, it's like you're you're driving home or something. It's like yeah, you pop in like Rogan with Joe Diaz, and that's going to keep me alert on the road. And yeah. then it's like, the, the, then you wake up in the morning and it's like, I want some newsy stuff. So it's kind of, uh, yeah. it can go with like your, your general mood and where you are during the day. Well, I got to ask you, where were you for uh, UFC 160? Were you just chilling at home? No, um, because uh, for, for most of the pay-per-views now, we do post shows on, on right. CFN radio. So we were just at the station uh, watching the fights pretty much. So that it can be, uh, depending on the card, it can be a, a lengthy evening when you figure in, you know, from the opening Facebook fight through the main event. I mean, you're looking at about uh, seven hours there, and then we have pop on for about an hour to chat about the fights. Well, speaking of the fights, Jeremy and I were just talking about TJ Grant, obviously, and, and his fight with Gray Maynard and how a lot of people, including Benson Henderson, was surprised that uh, TJ won. Uh, were you as well? I wasn't. Like, I had actually picked Grant going into this fight, and oh, it just wow. seemed to me that there, there were a lot of questions surrounding Gray Maynard because I, I really kind of throw that Clay Guida fight out. I was there live for that fight. It just was such a bizarre fight that, I mean, you throw in the fact that, you know, this guy has gone through a lot of camp changes, moving over to AKA at this point. We hadn't seen him in close to a year since the Guida fight. And, and TJ Grant, he's one of those just really tough lightweights. He's a very big lightweight, first of all, that I thought um, just if he could get his striking going, he would certainly be the underdog going into the fight. But um, when you, you looked at kind of the underdogs, there were certainly a number here on this show that could come through, and he seemed to be one that um, I had a bit more confidence in th- than the others. So it didn't stun me at all, and I think that performance, I think, is probably given a lot of people some interest now in the Spencer Henderson-TJ Grant fight, whereas a week ago, I-, I don't know if people were really down to see Gray Maynard challenging him again, and I don't think uh, you know TJ Grant's profile was really that high. So I think that this kind of performance really did solidify him getting that title shot. Yeah, absolutely, and I know that Dana White had said that they want that fight possibly for Boston in August, but uh, TJ Grant uh, was just on MMA Sucka, and uh, he says that he, would, uh, he wouldn't mind it being in Toronto in September. I, I think that would make a, a lot of sense because yeah. you, you have to look at a number of factors here. The first being, you know, TJ Grant, to, to the average fan, I mean, not a whole lot of people are aware of TJ Grant, but just being the Canadian challenging for the title in Canada, no less, I mean, that is going to generate, I think, a lot of stories, a lot of media you know, are going to get behind that kind of a story. And with Benson Henderson, um, I think it's really interesting now that he's been on Fox twice now, has fought in front of those those millions of eyeballs now, and hopefully can now take some of those people and turn them into pay-per-view buyers. So I think you load that with a, with a solid co-feature, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to put that one in Toronto. Yeah, and, and there's talk right now that uh, the idea of George St. Pierre in Toronto is probably not going to happen. Are you hearing the same thing? Yeah, it seems that... You know, after the George St. Pierre and Nick Diaz fight, Dana was talking to us afterwards and, and was pretty much indicating the fact that, you know, they really want to get St. Pierre back to Las Vegas for a card, and that, that seems to make sense. I mean, he is a huge, huge draw in Montreal, and if you're going to take him out of there, um, you want to make it worth their while. And I guess putting him in Las Vegas where, you know, they, they you know, you do a lot of casino buys and putting George St. Pierre there in a market that he hasn't been to in quite some time, um, I, that seems to be the way they're leaning towards with that fight. But, but, but who knows where St. Pierre and Hendricks end up. I mean, there's just so many cards coming up now, and yeah. every one of them needs to be an event. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, also on the card, we had Glover Teixeira defeating uh, James Tahuna, submission, guillotine, choke. Um, this guy is just for real. Um, we've known that for a while, though, but I think a lot of people are starting to recognize um, what did you like about this quickly, and, and were you surprised? I wasn't. Uh, I think Teixeira is, is he's either a fight away from a title shot, in my opinion. Yeah, I think he's really in that mix right now, and it's funny that now, you know, the light heavyweight division, I mean, it's tough when you have a champion that is just so dominant, and you're trying to create challenges for him, but we're at least getting a couple of guys now coming up in the mix between Gustafsson. Yeah. Um, I know that Gabe Gardner-Mustafi's injured right now, but he's a new name in the 205 mix, and, and now with Glover Teixeira, um, I would really like to see him paired with, with somebody, 
you know, that he should be, you know, one fight away from getting that title shot. And yeah. if you go with Jones Gustafson, uh, I could see maybe the winner of Evans and Dan Henderson being at least a name to pair with Glover Teixeira, but um, he, he's right at that level right now. I would have really liked to see him and Musashi, but it just doesn't look like that's going to happen with uh, Musashi's knee injury. Yeah, with the injury, absolutely. And then uh, in the co-main event, Junior DeSantos, Mark Hunt, um, a lot of people thought saw a lot of value in Mark Hunt and as far as the gambling game goes because that was one of those, like you said, uh, you know, guys who weren't expected to win that uh, some people were going to put some money on because you never know he had a pump, you know, a, a puncher's chance, right? But um, Junior DeSantos, I think, uh, started to kind of turn it on as the fight went on and we saw him sort of take control. Yeah, I mean, uh, many people, this is what they expected. Uh, you know, as much as uh, you can credit my genius for the TJ Grant pick, I was one who put my pick behind Mark Hunt in this fight. Oh, I watched yeah. just a few uh, days before I watched uh, the second fight with Cain Velasquez and Junior Dos Santos, and I watched where Cain Velasquez just landed this right hand on Dos Santos, and I couldn't get that image out of my head that if Mark Hunt gets inside and just lands that right hand, I figured he could stop this guy. But, um, you know, you, you match these two guys up together, and I mean, nine times out of ten, Junior Dos Santos is winning that fight and won it on Saturday night. It did it very, very impressively. So, I mean, the natural is to go now with that third fight between Velasquez yeah. and Dos Santos. But I, I think, you know, for Mark Hunt, I mean, almost the moral victory that this guy lasted to the third round uh, in, in the fashion he did before just uh, a knockout of the year candidate stoppage. So, yeah. I, I think that, you know, Mark Hunt, it was, it was a fun ride, but I mean, to, to put that guy in for the title mix is just, it seems to be uh, a tough step for him to be able to take, especially now at 39. It was a fun little run that he had, though. Yeah, that spinning heel kick. I mean, that's just amazing. When you first, when I first saw it, it, I mean, probably to many others, it didn't look like he actually hit him. I mean, it looked like he completely no, it, missed. No, it looked. It, was, it wasn't until the the they showed the replay because you looked yeah. and yeah, it looks like he totally whiffed on him. So uh, yeah, I, I thought the exact same thing. So yeah, we have Junior DeSantos and obviously Cain Velasquez uh, did took care of business fairly quickly against uh, Bigfoot Silva. Uh, that one, uh, like Jeremy Knight said earlier on the show, probably one of the most underwhelming main events in a, in a long time. Uh, but we do get to see a trilogy fight in DeSantos and Velasquez, which is what I wanted to see. How about yourself? Yeah, I mean, this was... If you just look at the way things have shaped up in the heavyweight division, I mean, this third fight seemed like it was an inevitability between these two. Uh, I question that, you know, we had that Dos Santos, Velasquez, the second fight was just so definitive and so fresh in people's minds. But I think that, you know, their performances on Saturday night, uh, especially Dos Santos, obviously, uh, somewhat papers that performance. And I think that that will kind of be the question going into this third fight is how Dos Santos uh, addresses, you know, the the takedown ability of Velasquez and, and comes back from that. Because I really feel that Cain Velasquez he, he feels like he's the kind of heavyweight that is going to have a really dominant run here. And we know that his cardio can go for five rounds solidly where his wrestling is. And those are going to be the areas that Junior Dos Santos is going to have to address here. But it, it's the fight to make. It's the only heavyweight fight that makes sense right now to make. So, and, and it's funny because you look at where these guys are in their careers right now yeah. and I mean, who's to say that by when all is said and done, these two could have four or five fights together throughout their career. Yeah, no, that's absolutely, Jeremy. I was telling Jeremy that, uh, I believe, a week ago that, uh, you know, we, we could see these guys fights five, six, seven times. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to be one of yeah, those rivalries like that will just never end. Yeah, it's like, I mean, they're one and two, and I could see them, you know, flipping those those rankings uh, a couple of times. But uh, this third fight, it'll, it'll be interesting because another solid win from Cain Velasquez, it really does kind of leave yeah. you with a big depth from you know number one to number two um and just velasquez i think a healthy velasquez right now it's, it's really tough to bet against him where do you where do you see that fight happening and when you think it's I not gonna be until that, after september you know i think it's the kind of fight that i mean if you were going to put it in in brazil i think it, it would do huge there i know that they've kind of uh, you know teased running a show in Mexico. I just don't know if they're necessarily ready to, to throw on a, a giant fight in Mexico and, and where that market is right now in terms of, uh, uh, of putting such a big show there. Um, I, I think that Brazil would make a lot of sense. In the U.S., it feels like you're almost... I don't feel it's a stadium-level show in the U.S., and to me, you, you want to make this uh, as big a fight as possible. I think just for the atmosphere alone, I think I think... Brazil is really your market to, to run this at. I think it would make a, a ton of sense, and you could almost have 
you know, Fabrizio Verdum, no matter, you know, how he comes out of the Nogueira fight in a couple of weeks, almost have that as your co-feature. Because I think that was one of the strengths of the card on Saturday was mm-hmm. that by the end of it, the two winners, that's the fight you wanted to see. And I think whenever you can do that style of matchmaking where the viewer is left knowing the next fight they want to see, um, you should be use that to your advantage. And I mean, that could be, you know, two solid heavyweight fights and put it in a, in a Brazilian stadium. That would be awesome. That's such a, that's such a good idea. Hey, just before I get off the of UFC 160 here, uh, just ask or I want to ask you about some of the decisions that went down. We were talking about Holloway Bermudez a little bit earlier. I thought that uh, Holloway did enough to win that fight. I also thought uh, I was well. I shouldn't say I thought Rick Story won the fight. I was surprised that the judges gave Mike Pyle the fight. I'm assuming they must have scored him with the, with the work on his back, which I found kind of an interesting scoring. What did you uh, What did you think of the uh, the judges overall? Yeah, those were definitely the two fights that were the most debated. I was like you. I scored the fight for Max Holloway, giving him the first two rounds, and then Bermuda's the third. And then with Pyle and Story, I think it all comes down to how you score the first round and if you know the, the knockdown from Story uh, was deserving of a 10-8. At the time, I scored it a 10-9, and you, you go back, and I just saw that Pyle... You know, he was able to defend off his back, and I, I went with a 10-9. But for those that gave it a 10-8, it's a completely justifiable score. And then you've got a draw, really. Um, I gave I gave the second and third to Pyle. Is that a – what did you guys think of a, that? Because the third yeah. round's really what it comes down to, I think, for most. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't think Story did enough with the takedowns, to be honest with you. He was on top, and yeah. it just seemed like Pyle was working more on his back. And, and if that's how the judges scored it, I said, hey, let's keep that consistency because you really don't see a lot of judges out there scoring it that way do you know what i'm saying a lot of times they look at story and he's on top and and even though he's stalled um they 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 take that as the more dominant position and that's you know it doesn't matter what the guy does on his back yeah i I find it amazing that we're still having this discussion you know if a guy's on his back if that's an advantageous position or not when you're looking in that second round where piles you know he's working his guard game he's trying for that kimura um, it's just amazing that we still have, you know, some judges that still view, you know, just being on top as suddenly the more dominant position. It's just uh, it's incredible. So in, in, in a way, that's, that was a curious judge's decision because I haven't usually seen it scored that way. And, and quite honestly, I'm, I'm okay with that if, if they've scored it that way. So, um, and moving on here, uh, we just found out uh, just uh, news as we came on air. Misha Tate is now on the Ultimate Fighter uh, against Ronda Rousey, Kat Zagano. Uh, out uh, we're hearing injury uh is that what you're hearing as well yeah i mean uh kevin ioli's got the story out just indicating that it seems to be a knee injury to okay. captain gano and what seems really crazy is that ronda rousey apparently had no knowledge of this so that when they do the big scene to start off the series all of a sudden Nish tate is brought in and ronda rousey like freaks out that like what happened here with captain gano so that episode one wow. is going to be that's going to be quite the reaction and, and, and such to it. So, I mean, it certainly adds a lot of drama to the show, but uh, you've got to feel for Katz and Gano not only losing out on the coaching spot, but also uh, fighting at the end of the year, which, I mean, it, I mean, watching the show, everybody knows here. I mean, all of these coaches, I mean, they're bringing in, you know, other coaches to do a lot of the work inside of the octagon and such that this has to be a pretty significant deal if they feel Katzengano can't even tape the show and fight in December. I mean, we're, we're talking about seven months from now. So I, I've got to imagine it's something like a torn ACL, perhaps an MCL injury. Actually, uh, Obviously, I, can, I can cut you off there because um, Katzengano actually tweeted out a picture and it's surprising that Ronda Rousey didn't know about this because she actually had ACL surgery today. Oh, wow. Well, that's uh, apparently this injury, it took place, I can't, I'm trying to remember what uh, Kevin's article said, I think it was like May the 16th or something that okay. the UFC was made aware of this injury. So I don't know when the exact scene took place involving Ronda because uh, they've just recently started filming. But uh, yeah, it's it's got to be a real significant injury. I mean, most times you would assume like an injury like this this would be actually advantageous because you're not fighting till December and you can work around that. It's not like this fight is coming up in two or three months, so they've got some time. So a uh, really tough, tough break for Katzengano and Misha Tate just kind of backdoors herself into this opportunity. Yeah, yeah but you know the, the people at Fox are liking that. Well, I mean, this, I mean, it's it's the no-brainer in terms of a backup plan here. Yeah. I mean, that that 
that Rousey Tate fight last March, uh, 2012. I mean, it was such a success on Showtime, and you you take that now with the UFC promotion behind it with Ultimate Fighter. I mean, that has a chance to be a really really big fight. Absolutely, man. It's always a big show when we have you on. I want to ask you one more question before we let you go. That's not uh, fight related. It's it's pro wrestling, uh, sports entertainment related. Because here am I flipping yep. through the channels, and, and John, I pay attention a little bit. I'm not as big of a fan as I used to be. Um, but I, you know, every once in a while, when my, when my wife's not looking, I switch the channel, and there it is: <laughs> Bret Hart Appreciation Night. And uh, I gotta ask you, man, uh, is he one of your favorites? I grew up watching the guy and loved him. Yeah, I, I would think that, you know, anyone kind of in our age bracket, I mean, Bret Hart was uh, one of the first wrestlers that I really paid attention to when I was a young kid just getting into it. And I think that, you know, because of that, I mean, you, you'll talk to a lot of Canadian fans that grew up. It was watching, you know, Stampede Wrestling and Bret Hart, yeah. whereas in the U.S., I mean, you had kind of like your Hulk Hogan's and such. And I think the Canadian fans, they always kind of had that appreciation for you know, kind of the guys that could go, and Bret Hart certainly represented that. And, I mean, you, you just look at his his uh, body of work during his entire time uh, with the WWF, and uh, it was certainly someone that, you know, just being a Canadian, I think, was something novel here in this in this company that was just full of Americans, that you had this one Canadian that really stood out. I think that it was just uh, a kind of a natural for any Canadian wrestling fans. And, and Bret, by extension, I mean, as much as they talk about the WWF, you know, just being obliterated by WCW during that time period, Canada was always like a really strong market for them because they could draw in with house shows, and Bret was a huge catalyst for that, and that's why... You know, when Brett was scooped up by WCW, that was considered such a big deal at the time, not just because of his placement, but because of the Canadian market and the fear that WCW was finally going to get a strong foothold in Canada, which wasn't the case even at, at their peak during the, the during the Monday Night Wars. No, they they completely didn't do a good job at all with Bret Hart. I remember that when that happened, and even Brett talks about it, he was just just not happy with the situation there at WCW. And then you had the, you know, the Goldberg injury, the the concussion or the, the shot to the head. And then it just kind of all went downhill his career, didn't it? It just, it ended, it ended badly for him. It was like, you couldn't have written a better scenario for a guy to fall into the lap of WCW. I mean, here he was coming yeah. off of this much publicized story coming out of the survivor series where Brett was, the ultimate good guy, the victim in this role, and it was almost like the, the 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 WWF champion falling into your lap, the person that the fans viewed as the rightful WWF champion, and there were so many options in WCW, and they completely just, just castrated the guy, and it was just such an uneventful you know, use of the guy, and then just such an unfortunate end to his career there as you mentioned with uh with all the concussion issues uh from stemming from that starcade match with goldberg and then yeah all of the stuff outside of the ring that just happened over that time i mean mm -hmm. owen dies his parents died the davy boy dies the stroke i mean it was just a real unfortunate time so it looks you know that the at least nice to see that the guy seems to have a very, you know, good life now at, at the very least and has recovered from that stroke that happened 11 years ago. So um, it's it's quite the story involving this guy. And it's pretty cool to see him back in the WWE and that he's sort of made amends with those people because, I mean, they screwed him. Uh, let's be honest, they did. But it just seems like Vince McMahon has really gone out of his way to, to um, show that they appreciate Bret Hart. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think it's just good to see. I mean, Brett, I think, always wanted to go back for, for you know, the, the opportunity to put out the, the DVD project. I mean, that was something that I, I, you know, just from hearing from the guy was just that, that, you know, they owned pretty much his entire career and felt that it was all going to be locked away and no one would get to see it. So I'm glad that he was able to, to make amends and go back because I think he always wanted to and it was simply, you know, being able to justify it to himself of, of going back and, you know, because of all the stuff of the, that happened during that time period. And this whole Shawn Mike, Michaels angle, here am I just talking pro wrestling with you here, but I'm so <laughs> interested, man. The whole Shawn Michaels angle is just another thing, that the way that's played out and how they seem to be on good terms now, at least, you know, um, obviously that has a lot to do with Shawn Michaels' character changing over the last few years as well, but it just seems like they're on good terms now too. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, they, the two put out a DVD about a year and a half ago yeah. where they just pretty much sit down discussing their entire careers. And it's really fascinating to watch. Uh, it just is. the yeah, two of them. And looking back at, at this time period, and it, it, it's just a fascinating watch. Just to, for those that lived through that period and now to look back, I mean, it's uh, still that moment when Brett returned and he's in the ring with Sean all those years later. I mean, it, it was one of the most surreal moments that I had watched, that, you know, ever, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I just watched. By the way, if people who want to know it, uh, it's called Rivalries, Rivalry, something like that. It's rivalries, Great, greatest rivalries, greatest rivalries. Yeah, That's yeah. on Netflix right now. So if you have Netflix, check it out. It's it's just a really if you're really into professional wrestling like I used to be, uh, and John is, uh, well, check it out, man. It's it's good times. Um, John, we really appreciate having you on, man. And just uh, let people know how they can follow you on Twitter. People just look you up, just write in John Pollock, or do you have some really crazy Twitter handle or anything like that? <laughs> well, it's simply I am John Pollock there you because are. Uh, John Pollock is taken. So <laughs> you there you are. go. I am John Pollock on Twitter, and uh, yeah, that can uh, lead you to uh, all the shows we do. Uh, the laws of uh, Sunday nights, liveaudiowrestling dot com. That's awesome. your uh, place to check it all out at. Yeah, you hear it late at night here in Vancouver once in a while. I believe on the Team Ten. Oh, that's right, right. Because yeah. we're on, uh, we're on the team, the team out there. Yeah, yeah. So you, man, you do great stuff, and uh, we love having you on. Finally, again. Now that we've got all that other yes. stuff care, taken care of, it's nice to have you on again. We'll have you on uh, probably, obviously, again later on in the future, but uh, we appreciate uh, you doing this. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Anytime. Happy to come on. I want to apologize for uh, doing my pro wrestling. Jesus Christ! <laughs> hey, it's hey, an MMA show. It's I called know. MMA Sucker Radio, yes. but God damn it, Carlin Bardsley ain't gonna listen to this show now. No, probably stopped a long time ago. <laughs> hey, by the way, we're gonna bring him on for his uh, in the bar with Bards rant. next week. Next week? Yeah. He's All right. Pre- he's preparing for it as we speak. As we speak. All right. He's got. He's gonna go on his rant in the we'll bar. We'll give him five with minutes, and he can just go on anything he wants. Anything. Hopefully it has to do with mixed martial Hopefully. arts. Well, apparently for me it doesn't. <laughs> no, no, exactly. <laughs> um, you got Ray Sefo lined up, I see. Yep. Coming up now. He's the president of the World Series of Fighting, which is putting on their third event Saturday, June 14th. A pretty intriguing card, which will take place from the Hard Rock Hotel at Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Ray Seppo. Ray, thanks for doing this, man. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, um, you've done two events now since the last time we talked to you. You're on to number three. Uh, you getting you getting in the groove of things? Things coming a little bit easier for you? <laughs> yeah, slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because um, you know, last time we spoke to you, there was there was some things, the kinks that you wanted to work out. Any kind of time you have a big promotion like this, and you guys are doing you know big things, um, obviously you got to work out the bugs. And and you guys at a point now where you think, you know, are you happy with what you have right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, from the first show. Uh, that they had really minor little things, and then uh, our second show uh, out in Atlanta City, you know, we had a few minor problems here and there, which uh, was you know uh, sorted, and the show uh, went on. And so now we're, we're on to our third, and uh, things are moving forward um, nicely. And yeah. uh, you know, we're we're happy where we are right now. For sure, for sure, man, and it, it's great to see another MMA organization out there outside of the UFC that's doing good things. Um, I, I want to ask you this. On World Series of Fighting 2, I believe you had five fights on the main card. I think there was maybe seven fights on the undercard. This time around, you're going back uh, to four fights. Um, was that a conscious decision? I, I also noticed that you have a, um, less fights on the prelims. Was that a conscious decision on your part, as sort of less is more? Um, well, you know, we, we had... Uh, uh, the different time frames. Uh, you know, this time around, uh, we have two hours. Um, okay. Uh, where the last uh, event was a, a two and a half hour event. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, um, five or four, and then also because the fights, um, 
in us, you know, there's so many, I mean, out of 13 fights, we had, I think, uh, 11 knockouts or 11 stoppage. Yeah. And uh, so, the, the, you know, that event it still ended up being only a two-hour event. Yeah. Um, that, that being said, uh, you know, uh, it worked out better for us to have 10 fights rather than 13 fights kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So it was definitely for, it was t- for TV purposes, and uh, yeah, for sure. It's such yeah. a tough thing to time sometimes too, because MMA is like you said, it's so unpredictable. You never you never know what's going to happen because you love the knockouts <laughs> and you love the submissions, but at the same time, you're going, "Oh my god, this card is going way too quickly." No, yeah, exactly. And um, you know, uh, uh, Anthony Johnson and Andre Olasky uh, really yeah. threw down, and and um, we were kind of happy that it went three rounds because. Not only it was an amazing fight, uh, they really showed true warrior spirits in that fight, but also it gave us uh, time for, for, for TV. So it, everything worked out well. For sure. And, and now you guys are rolling and you got John Fitch on your roster. How excited were you to sign him? Oh, super excited. Yeah. Um, you know, just John Fitch is, uh, um, you know, uh, he's a warrior and he's a great fighter. He's a He's one of the top ten uh, fighters in the world, and and so to, to have him on on the card is uh, truly amazing. And then, you know, you have Josh Brickman, who has been with us uh, from from the start uh, mm-hmm. of our you know of Warriors of Fighting, and the guy is uh, it's truly amazing. Um, he, he's really showed the world what he's made of, and um, and now he's facing off uh, with John Fitch again. And this is an exciting fight. It's a super exciting fight. I'm really looking forward to it uh, for many reasons. Uh, yep. one, of, one of the reasons is because it's a rematch. Um, and two is because the John, the Josh Brickman, uh, that, John's gonna, that John Fitch is going to face on 14, uh, June 14th, uh, is not the Josh Brickman he faced seven years ago. Yep. And so it makes it an amazing for a, a real exciting fight. Were you surprised that he was cut by the UFC first off? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one that was surprised. I think yeah. the whole world, uh, the martial arts world, uh, or the mixed martial arts world, were surprised. Um, but you know, uh, UFC <laughs> had a, a lot of uh, top level guys, and and um, it, it's one of those things where, from my understanding, you know, Dana said something about one of his interviews that. They're looking to cut another hundred guys, and so um, whoever doesn't perform on the night, I guess um, um, they're looking to cut. And, and so, I mean, you know, one man's uh, loss is another man's gain, and so we were really happy to uh, have picked uh, John Pitch up. And uh, but yeah, absolutely, I was very surprised that he was he was let go. I was. I'm actually going to ask you. Um... Basically, like, are you one of those promoters that will go out there and you'll look at some of the sort of guys who just didn't couldn't get it done in the UFC? And do, do you take a good close look at those guys, or do you try to diversify and try to you know mold and bring on some of your own talent that that you guys go out and find? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys uh, that listen. Uh, coming from a fighter, uh, not every time a fighter is going to jump in that cage or that ring. At a hundred percent, and um, and and we never know uh, the public, uh, nor does the judges or whoever else, or the referee on that night. No one knows what fighters go through, whether they're a hundred percent, whether they've gone through some family personal problems, uh, whether that somehow didn't get the right nutrition. You know, all these little things um, that uh, matters when uh, you know come fight night. So. Uh, for us, as long as it you know uh, it works for us, uh, we'll, we'll pick whoever you know who that person up. Uh, that being said, we we definitely uh, have you know have signed a lot of young talent mm-hmm. that uh, are very promising, and um, the likes of um, Marlon Moreos. Yeah, you know, uh, nobody never. I don't think much people knew his name until uh, he beat Miguel Torres, and then he start he knocks out. Um, uh, Tyson Mann, which is you know an amazing talent, and uh, uh, and then we have another young kid, uh, Justin Cagey, who his first outing with versus a fighting comes out and he stops a veteran um, uh, in JC Cavalcanti. So you know we're building our own young stars. Another young talent, Brenton Henson, who was uh, 
was on the uh, Versus of Fighting Future Champs. Uh, that was his first outing with Versus of Fighting. The kid is 22. He's uh, four and one, and he stopped his opponent with a jump with a flying knee. You know, so we're we're you know we're building our own young talents as well. Ray, we're Canadian, so um, we, we we see a Canadian, a young another young guy, Tyson Steele, on your card. Uh, he's from Saskatchewan, I believe. Uh, he's fighting on your upcoming card, and, and I I, I got to tell you, Ray, you got to start looking at more Canadians, bro. <laughs> oh, absolutely! That's uh, <laughs> where we are. <laughs> Another guy, uh, Tyson, Tyson Steele is a beast. Um, yeah, you know he he showed that in his last fight um, when he fought against uh, uh, Gregor, I believe. Um, and um, yeah, he 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 rallied and uh, came out here and showed and showed what he's made of, and so. Um, the winner out of those two guys, uh, Steve Carl, and Steve Carl, yeah, uh, will be looking to fight the winner out of Josh Berkman and John Pitch. So, that's cool. an exciting fight. Is yeah. that is that going to be? Uh, are we looking at a title? Because I know there was rumors that Fitch and Berkman could be fighting for a title, but then um, that's obviously not the case. It's a non-title fight. I know Berkman was quite it's, upset about that the, of the possibility. Why did you guys change right. that? And and will the next fight be like you mentioned? The winner of Steele and Carl will that also be uh, if they? Take on the winner of Fitch and Berkman. Will that be a title shot? Um, this, you know, I mean, right now, nothing. I mean, that's not confirmed yet. But okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure that fight. Uh, whoever wins out of those um, four guys um, will, as I'm pretty sure, will be fighting for a title. Um, but you know, uh, um, Josh Berkman is. Uh, um, as an amazing listen, we could have easily made the John Fitch and Josh Berkman fight ha- uh, as a title fight, yeah. Because, uh, who of who they are, um, but it was just for us. It's, uh, we just you know the team the team sat down and we just thought it was just too soon because um, we wanted to have a little bit of depth in you know in the organization and in our guys before, you know, it's only our, our third event, and yeah. we really wanted to, you know, uh, showcase our guys a little bit more and get the fans familiarized with uh, with a lot of them, especially, you know, being on NPC Sports Network. Um, so um, it, it just didn't make sense for us to make that a title fight as yet so soon, yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, so we wanted to wait a little bit, and... Uh, but uh, after talking to Ali the other day, um, and, and of course uh, some of the other partners, and uh, it really does make sense. I think we're definitely looking to do a, uh, a couple of title fights uh, by the end of the year. Yeah, it's just, it's great to see like you're you're kind of going about things the right way, in my opinion. You're just kind of taking your time and and you know, like you said, build a division, build some names, and, and get people excited. Right. You know, um, there's no rush to throw titles on somebody. I don't think, especially when you're a new promotion, you you want to make the people earn that title. You want to make that title special. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another guy on your roster is fighting at this upcoming card. Holes Gracie. Um, he's on a current five fight winning streak I believe and has spent the last year a bit uh, I know he's been fighting in 1FC in Asia um, just uh, how thrilled are you to have him on on, on your card he's also uh, fighting um, I believe it was Dave Huckaba. Um he's pretty experienced heavyweight so, you know I, I find he's probably more of a, leans more to striking um, and so you have a sort of a submission expert against uh, a pretty good striker um, that's a that's kind of your classic matchup isn't it <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah um... Uh, Hollis, I, I really got to, uh, I mean, I met, met Hollis uh, a few years back, but I really got to uh, spend some time with him yeah. in Japan uh, late last year. He was on the same card I was, uh, I was on in, in Japan, and yeah. um, a super, super nice guy, down to earth, and, you know, nothing but long respect for him. Um, I haven't actually had the uh, pleasure to meet uh, Dave Huckleby yet, but I, I've seen some footage of Dave Huckleby. You know, he, he brings it. He, he's a beast, and... Um, so it really makes it for an exciting fight because it depends on who's going to be the dominant, the person that's going to dominate yeah. where that fight goes. You know what I mean? And um, so it, it, that's an exciting matchup too. Now, does does, does Gracie does he have a an exclusive um, contract with you guys, or is he still allowed to go over to Asia and fight as well? Um, he does have an exclusive MMA contract with us. Oh, okay. Um, cool. Yeah. Um, but 
uh, you know, because uh, he does pro wrestling from time to time as well. I yeah. Think. Uh, well, when I say pro wrestling with IF, I think it's IGF and um, things like that we've allowed him to do uh, in Japan kind of thing. So, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good signing for you guys. I mean, I you know he he's like I said, his five fight winning streak. He's he's been showing some great, amazing, you know, obvious technical prowess on the ground. Um, that's a guy you definitely could you could definitely make a star. Right, absolutely. Um, and, you know, and um, Hollis is uh, he's a real he's a like I said he's a, just a super nice guy, and um, yeah. uh, without a doubt, um, uh, you can build him. Another guy who is not coming up on this upcoming card, but you signed, uh, we just found out today, Nick Newell. Um, you know, he's got one hand. What made you sign the kid when the UFC, you know, has said they were not interested? What What was it about him that, that excited you? Because the kid is an amazing, uh, not a good person, but just an amazing fighter as well. I know everyone looks at uh, at the handicap, but, you know, he, he, you've signed a, a good, solid fighter. Uh, Nick, well, Nick Newell is an incredible individual who really exemplifies the sheer strength of the human yeah. spirit. Honestly, he's uh, he's an inspiration to that kid. Um, not only to me, but I'm sure to uh, all the uh, NBC Sports Network audience, that, our national audience that's going to watch him uh, fight. Because, you know, just when people complain about the smallest things, this, go, this kid goes out there and just does the impossible. Uh, or, in a lot of people's minds, and... The fact that he's um, he's a champion and the fact that he he can fight with one arm is uh, to me is incredible. And so uh, when he became available, uh, we jumped on it because he's such an inspirational person, um, individual. Uh, but the fact that he has skills, mm-hmm. um, you know, and um, and he's shown that from time time again. So. For us, is, uh, you know, it was a really good signing for us, and, and we're really excited uh, for him to be uh, part of the Worcesters of Fighting uh, roster. Yeah, we've had him on our show before, and, and like you said, just a fabulous person, and, and everyone's always just so focuses on that disability, but and people can't get past that this guy, kid is, is a very good fighter, like I said, and like you had mentioned. Um, another, speaking of another really, really good fire, fighter, Tyrone Spong, um, What's his situation? He was supposed to be on this card. We haven't seen him uh, since, I believe, the first your your guys' first uh, show. Um, and what's his, his status? Uh, right, yeah, uh, he had um, some issues, uh, some visa uh, problems. Yeah, uh, which which um, I think it took something like three and a half weeks before he got his visa, and um, he just didn't. Uh, I mean, he, I spoke to I spoke to him, and he just didn't feel he had enough time to focus on his ground game. And, and his exact words to me was, Ray, you know what I'm like. I like to, you know, come there and, and just give everybody a show. And I, I just uh, I just don't feel like uh, I have enough time. He said if it was a kickboxing fight, you know, he'll do it with his eyes closed. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and so I truly understand that he didn't have enough time to really prepare for his ground game, especially, you know, fighting an experienced guy. Uh, MMA fighter in Angel, and so yeah. um, you know, so we um, we didn't have a problem with that. I mean, you know, we would have loved to have him on that card, but right now he's um, scheduled to fight in August. Now, yeah, that's cool. Now you've yeah. talked about fighting on one of your cards, but you haven't yet. Is that uh, is that still a plan? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's in, uh, it's funny you asked that because that's kind of like. Uh, in, uh, in the talks right now. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I did mention Tyrone Spong, and, I mean, you know, he's looking for a second fight, and, you know, you guys have met before in, in K1. I mean, have you guys thought maybe throwing down some MMA? Tyrone fights at, uh, as an MMA fighter. He fights at 205. Yeah, that's right. I just looked at it right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah, damn it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I can't make 205. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can. Yeah. I can, and it's not yeah, because it, I'm not working out, okay? <laughs> um, yeah, man, it would be good. I mean, have you, like, have, how much have you been training lately? I mean, I know, you, you know you're training other people, but are you actually getting quite serious about this now? You're looking at uh, maybe even August? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I train every day. Yeah. Um, 
you know, the the only times I kind I, I miss training is uh, is when I'm away with um, the guys. But yeah. uh, when I, when I'm at home, I, I train every day. For example, I had strength and conditioning this morning. I mean, yesterday morning, and then I had um, I trained uh, the boys yesterday evening, and then I you know kicked the bag myself, and then yeah. uh, this morning we had sparring and um, at at syndicate. So um, I, I train every day. Nice. Uh, yeah. You're still the machine, eh? <laughs> I, I like to. I like to think so. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I got. I, I got seven more fights I need to complete, so I better <laughs> stay like that. <laughs> That's cool because I mean, people don't know. Like, I mean, you guys do a lot of. It's a lot of work running. You know, an organization. It's like you're doing right. and, and being a part of that team there. That I mean, there's got to be times where you're getting pulled in so many different directions. Uh, absolutely. You know, my my daily routine is. Um, I'm at the gym in the morning, and then I'm at the office all day, and I'm at the gym again in the evenings. And so, um, and you know, in between those times, I, I I I always try and come home for a couple of hours before I go back to the gym, so I can spend some time with my little boy. And um, so, you know, which is uh, really important for me to do. So yeah, for uh, sure. but yeah, I, definitely um, you get pulled left, right, and center. But you know, I love it. I, I love being busy. I, I enjoy it. Um, uh, I have an uh, I have a, a, an amazing team uh, at the office, so you know um, I'm really um, you know happy with the the way things are moving forward, and also um, not only with my uh, with the league, but also with training and, and what have you. And uh, very you know very excited about everything. You know, we've been excited to to have you on and talk to you again, Ray. And and we just, you know, we wanted to pick your brain about sort of, you know, how you're feeling about things right now. You're going into your third show, uh, June 14th, Las Vegas. It's John Fitch, Josh Berkman, and uh, take a look at the card. And Ray, just before we let you go, uh, just let people know how they can get a hold of you in the social media universe. Uh, yes, you can find me uh, at Sugar Ray Seffel, um on Twitter. Um, uh, or at Wilshers of Fighting, uh, MMA Wilshers of Fighting. Um, that's um, at MMA Wilshers of Fighting. And then the website is uh, uh, WSOF.com. And, um, yeah. yeah, I just want to say thank you to you guys and, of course, the fans. And uh, we really appreciate the love and support um, since we've been out here. Perfect, bro. We really appreciate you doing this. And uh, there's still tickets available, right? Absolutely, you can find that on Ticketmaster.com, and uh, or at um, they can call the Hard Rock uh, Hotel and Casino here in Las Vegas, and um, uh, the box office will be able to you know uh, have tickets for whoever that needs tickets. Cool, thanks, Ray. We really appreciate, it, man. We'll talk to you again. Great, thank you so much. Race FO. Yep. There was even a little bit of professional wrestling talk in there with Holes Gracie. So, yeah. Fuck. Two professional wrestling conversations? Questions, yeah, and two guests. Make sure you go to WorldSeriesOfFighting.com. Like we said, tickets are still on sale. I just looked it up. Or WSOF.com. Yeah, WSOF.com is probably the better way of going about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, always good to have Ray on and yeah, you think they're doing good things. They seem to be taking their time. I enjoy watching the fights. Um, I don't, I don't know. Josh Berkman, I, I can't see any way he can win this fight really. Against John Fitch? Yeah. Really? No. Mm-hmm. Josh Berkman surprised me his last fight as well though. So yeah, he but- could surprise many. It is the world of MMA. Yeah, you never know, and uh, so make sure you check out World Series of Fighting 3, and we'll have some stuff up on our site, obviously, as we head closer to June 14th. That we will. This has been uh, a dandy of a show. Anything I like else? that word, dandy. Hey, I noticed you got a shirt on. It says, uh, so you have an MMA shirt on, but you're supporting a local fighter here. Me? Someone told me at work today that I was dressed today like the typical suburban dad. Yeah? I got khakis. You look like you should be on the movie office space or something. Yeah, I'm kind of wearing my, my, stapler? my business cash. I want my stapler. No. <laughs> no, man. Well, yeah, I'm wearing my business cash. You're looking all gap today, and here you are wearing this. Explain the t-shirt, Break Field. 
Yeah, well, we have a local promotion out here called Battlefield Fight League. Yeah. And our good friend who used to do Road to the Pros over at MMASucker.com is a professional fighter. His name is Michael Brakefield. He fights for Battlefield Fight League. And so he took this shirt. He took the, the logo, logo for Battlefield Fight League, crossed out Battle. Battle. And put break so that it says Breakfield. Breakfield Fight League. Yep. Oh, clever. Pretty interesting shirt. I supported a local fighter here for this one. He's got a fight coming up Good for, for the you. belt. Yeah. The middleweight belt against Leo Xavier. Um, in Vancouver. No, not in Vancouver. In, in uh, Penticton. But I mean like in BC is what I'm trying to say. Exactly. Out, out this way. Yep. And uh, looking forward to that fight. Excellent, man. I'm looking forward to next week's show. I'm sure you got something good lined up. Make sure everyone check out MMASucka.com, and you can find this show on Stitcher, right? Yeah, and iTunes. And, uh, hey, did you get your... Uh, oh. I ordered uh, some Onnit supplements. Did you get yours in the mail? Oh, Because I got right. mine in the mail today. Really? Yeah, I've already taken two... Alpha Brain. Two Alpha Brains, and... Uh, I wasn't too talkative during the interviews on the show. I think it was because I was so zoned out and listening to what these guys were saying. Uh, oh, that's you're gonna say it's the uh, no. I'm not saying it's brain. the alpha brain. I'm just saying I'm 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 f- feeling good. I feel like I'm chatting pretty well with you, and you know maybe I'm gonna get some. Maybe it hasn't come in the mail yet. And well, there you go. And if you guys are interested, go over to onit.com, order some supplements. You get ten percent off if you use the coupon code MMA Sucka, and that's on our radio page. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. But you can we'll find put it up there on this one. Okay, and you can find it on our website. Sometimes. Sometimes. Well, it's been sometimes. See you later next week. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot at the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, L. Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. L. Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but my goodness sakes, it's 50 pounds Who difference. are you to, to, to doubt L. Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious how about, the, how about hypnosis? Let's get thrown Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great westler you know you can say what you want you can try to tear these guys down and take them down but psychosis great, right? has also he's been a high flyer of the highest yes, magnitude but he's this guy's still a cruiserweight let's let's get let's okay, get some. how about Dean Malenko I was going to give him a title shot he was a big man oh. wanted to injure me hey come injure me now you little punk he's sitting at home with some kind of hokey injury this is a real injury Dean Malenko Dean this Malenko. is like groin pull that likes you've never seen in your whole life well he right now is nursing a very bad sprained ankle yeah. and as far as that groin pull,